You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. This is episode number 74, June 6th, 2023. This show is powered by Constrata.io. Leading with operations, solving with technology. Hey, this is Aaron from Deliver That, and you're listening to Skip on the Tech Chef Podcast. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cook it up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Welcome back to another episode of The Tech Chef, where we serve up a whirlwind of valuable insights and strategies to fuel your success in the ever-evolving realm of hospitality and food service technology. I am your host, Skip Kimple, and I will be your guide through a weekly feast of fresh ideas and groundbreaking approaches that are certain to ignite your imagination and propel your business forward. Whether you're a seasoned expert or you are new to the industry, our diverse menu of expert advice and exclusive tips offers something delightful for everyone. We have an unwavering passion for the fusion of technology and hospitality, and our mission is to provide you with the latest trends and innovations that will keep you one step ahead of the competition. So don your apron and prepare to immerse yourself in a world brimming with knowledge and flavor. Our podcast is the perfect accompaniment to keep you informed and inspired on your path to excellence. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and join us for a weekly infusion of delectable insights and game-changing strategies. The Tech Chef is where the magic happens. Joining the show today is Aaron Hoffman co-founder and head of strategy of Deliver That, a white-label last-mile delivery platform focused on catering delivery and setup. Aaron and I break down what a successful delivery operation looks like for your business, best practices, process changes, considerations for success, and so much more. We will dig deeper into the catering side of the restaurant business and how this can be a game-changer if you're not spending much time and effort to perfect that side of the business. You will get lots of great, juicy nuggets from this show. Bon appetit. Aaron, thank you so much for joining the show. I know we've been trying to get together. I think it was food on demand. We were trying to get the show recorded, but you know, it's always a challenge at trade shows to actually you know, get anything done because we're all so busy networking and, and talking to customers, et cetera. So thanks for taking the time uh, on, the, on your off schedule of conferences uh, to get on the Tech Chef and talk a little bit about delivery. That's what we're here to talk about today. So thank you again, and maybe give me a little bit of a background of where you came from within the industry and how you kind of landed to where you're at today. Well, first off, Skip, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, you know, we did have a killer dinner at Food On Demand, so that was a good time. Uh, Lunchbox hosted that. I got to give him a little plug. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, that was a great event. But, you know, back around, you know, like my background, uh, it's pretty simple. I, uh, I've only really had one job out of college and that was delivering food. So, you know, my best friend and I went to Ohio university in Athens, Ohio, small little college town. And, uh, you know, we started this delivery company out of our dorm room when we were sophomores 
And, you know, I got the, I got bit by the restaurant bug then delivering from restaurants. I won't name all the ones, but you know, a popular burrito chain and I would deliver students, you know, food, textbooks, you name it, you know, it's predominantly food, but that's how I got bit by the restaurant, you know, food service bug was really, you know, learning the hospitality aspect, providing great customer service. Um, so that's my background. That's how I got started um, at Deliver That or with Deliver That. And uh, back in 2016, when I graduated school, um, you know, we moved back to Canton, Ohio, where my best friend and I are from. We went to Jackson High School there, grew up there. We actually played baseball together, went to the same elementary school. So it's a pretty cool story there. But we tried to bring this on-demand delivery um, concept back to our hometown. And at the time, DoorDash, Uber Eats, some of the big third-party delivery companies didn't have a presence in these smaller markets. So we tried to obviously, you know, get a little piece of that, that market. Um, really just couldn't compete, couldn't figure out the on-demand uh, business model outside of a college campus. And lo and behold, we went into a restaurant and they had catering deliveries lined up on tables. And, you know, I looked at my business partner, John, and said, hey, you know, what if we deliver these catering orders? And that was back in 2016. And that was the first real taste of like, oh, we can, we can do catering took a different level of service. You had to look the part. Um, it's a different business entirely than your traditional takeout or on-demand delivery. Um, but, you know, we, we saw that, we seized the opportunity and we scaled it and we're at 50, you know, 50 states now, all 50 states, 8,000 plus zip codes, two countries. I mean, tens of thousands of delivery drivers. I mean, we're delivering millions of dollars of food per week, um, you know, for a lot of brands. So, I mean, it's been a hell of a journey. So let me ask you this before we get into the catering side, because I really want to have the catering delivery conversation, because I think that's a big challenge for restaurants out there. But just from delivery as a whole, how have you seen it evolve from the time that you were actually delivering food up until the time now that you've created a company to solve for that problem? What kind of evolution have you seen from a technology perspective and maybe even a, a restaurant mindset perspective? Yeah. And I, you know, first off, the technology, it's, you know, it's a 180, right? You know, these apps you could have on your phone now from just a consumer standpoint, ordering is easier, taking deliveries are easier, gathering proof of delivery as a driver is easier. Um, it's really never been easier to deliver food um, or get food delivered in my opinion. So that's, I'd say technology has 100% enabled that. Um, the gig economy, you know, that's, that's basically powering all of your on-demand delivery or any delivery in general, you might not know it, but the gig economy has evolved. Um, there's finally some good legislature coming out that's, you know, from a regulatory standpoint, you know, that's doing a good job. But, um, man, just when I was doing delivery, it was a lot of, hey, you know, rush around, get things from A to B. The consumer expectations were never set. Deliver It was like the wild, wild west. Um, this would have been back in, you know, man, 2013, 2014, 2015. You know, when you think of delivery at that point, you're only thinking of calling a pizza chain, right? You know, getting Chinese to food delivered. It really was no technology. It was no interfaces to order from, no mobile apps really, besides a, you know, a couple big ones. So technology has completely uh, changed this industry and, and really made it scalable to where, again, you know, I live in a suburb of Cleveland. I can get my groceries delivered now. I can get you know food, catering. I can get you know hardware. All of these different uh, consumer products that I would go out and drive and get, I can get delivered directly to my house now. So technology has completely enabled that. Well, you bring up a good point about the consumer expectations. In today's day, we're up to 2023, uh, middle of May. What do you believe are the table stakes for a consumer? Is it 
you know, and I'm, I'm talking about, is it tracking? You know, do they want to know where the driver is? Um, obviously quality of food, but I'd like to have a separate discussion around that. Is it being sure. able to see in the, the status of the order as it's being prepped? In your mind, what is table stakes for a consumer as far as a delivery experience? I would say there's two, two or three things. Two big things that jump out to me are you've got to be easy to use. Like your, your, your methods of, you know, whether ordering your menu, um, you know, it's got to be easy to get to order from you and get your food delivered. That's number one. And two is transparency, right? Uh, I can't express to brands out there that are listening that, you know, it's okay if you're running behind or it's okay, you know, if you don't have an item in stock, just let the guests know. I mean, I think today's day and age consumers, um, we've had delivery, you know, this on demand, this gig economy delivery for about, you know, roughly 10 years now. Um, it's been in play and the expectations have completely changed, right? Like, I get delivery probably once a week, once every two weeks. It's okay if it's 15, 20 minutes behind, as long as I'm being notified and the expectation set and there's transparency. So I would say those two big things, right? If you want to, if you want to nail home and get consumers to order from you and get delivery directly from you, you've got to be easy to work with and you got to have transparency. And I would say the third one, it's like kind of the same thing as trans great customer service, right? If there's an issue, make it right for your guest. Um, I can't even explain how many times that there's deliveries, whether there's a restaurant delay, there's a driver delay, wrong items. You will lose a customer forever if you don't have great customer service, or at least you're, you're rolling the dice there. Um, because they're going to go to a competitor. There's so many different people that are in play now. You can order from DoorDash, Uber, Grubhub. There's local services now. Um, you know, you can order directly from the restaurant or the, you know, the merchant yourself. Um, so there's different ways, there's different channels now to order. For, it's not just you order from one and that's it. So you've got to, you've got to stand out. And I think customer service is one big way. How important do you think the food quality is? Now that may sound like a loaded question, but you know, during COVID there was this mindset that I kept hearing that consumers were willing to kind of give up on the lack of quality a little bit just for the convenience. Is that a trade-off you're still seeing or are you seeing more of a push from the consumers to produce that quality of food experience uh, at its at, at its prime for the restaurant brand? I think the quality of food greatly overshadows some of the actual real challenges of doing delivery. Yes, quality of food. You know, you want your food to arrive hot or cold, whichever it starts. You know, you want it the same. You want the integrity of the food to be the exact same when you eat in the restaurant. I mean, but consumers... Almost everybody understands that, hey, that's not a reality anymore. I mean, if you get a pizza delivered, right, sometimes it doesn't come piping hot. You don't, you know, throw a fit about it. You put it in the microwave, you put it in the toaster oven, and you move on. That's one of the, um, that's one of the pieces you got to basically be willing to part ways with as a consumer of getting delivery. So I don't think food quality, unless, it, you know, it's egregious, right? You know, you order a pepperoni pizza and you get a, you know, a calzone, like, yeah, you know, the integrity of that food, it's not what you ordered. Or if it, you know, if it shows up an hour and a half late, you know, there's a slice missing, it's, you know, it's frigid. Yeah. Probably going to want to, you know, get some sort of, um, you know, comp from the restaurant, but you know, if the food shows up not in pristine, you know, hundred percent when it left the, the store, I'm not saying you shouldn't strive for that, but I think consumers are willing to part ways with a little bit of, you know, the food not being the exact same as when it left the store. As long as it's, again, it arrives relatively on time um, and you keep that transparency alive with your customer. If you're running late, let them know. If you're out of an item, let them know. So I think that that trumps the integrity of the food just a tad. 
So this is an important one that I was just recently thought of. I thought about it. As a matter of fact, I was watching uh, the news the other day and bipartisan. I mean, any news channel you go to, it doesn't matter what political side you're on. It A recession is coming and, and the government has pretty much admitted it at this point. We don't know how bad it's going to be. A reason why I'm asking about this is there are some pretty high fees involved with third-party delivery. Um, there's many times I've ordered a $15, $20 pizza and it ends up costing me $30, $35, $40 by the time it gets to my door. Am I willing to pay for the convenience? Absolutely. Now, as my pocketbook tightens up a little bit, am I going to be so willing to do that? I don't know. So my question to you is, how is the industry going to be able to compensate for that? Is there going to be a reduction in fees? Is there going to be a more creative approach to this? Is there going to be a consolidation of companies as we've been seeing over the years? What are your thoughts on that? I think all of the above, what you just mentioned, um, all great points, right? You know, you do have your people like me, you know, I'm pretty, if, if, if the, if the price of delivery rose significantly, I'm going to get in my car and drive and grab it. That's just the person I am. I know other people that would pay twice, three times the cost of food to get it delivered because they value their time, you know, significantly. So I do think it's all the above. I mean, restaurants at some point, consumers have to pay for the luxury of delivery right? There will be a consolidation without a doubt. That's how you can drive prices down, you know, drive the fees down. I think what DoorDash is doing about getting, you know, more into the restaurant space. I know it's kind of encroaching on the, their partners they work with, but I think that's one way you can drive prices down. You can make, you know, you can make your margin in other methods. Uh, Olo, you know, doing Olo pay, you know, and, 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 and processing cards. Like those are the type of innovative solutions these large deliver, third-party delivery companies, aggregators, online ordering, they, they, they have to provide a more full suite of services if they want to drive the price of delivery down for their consumer. Otherwise, consumers are going to be left with the, you know, the short end of the stick, and they're going to have to pay, like you're saying. You know, they're going to come to grips with, hey, I'm going to have to pay double, you know, one and a half times the cost of a pizza just to get it delivered. So restaurants that have adapted online or third-party delivery, um, as, as part of their business model. Now, Pre-COVID, there were a lot of restaurants that were very much against it, but obviously COVID kind of forced them down the path and they realized this is, a, this is actual incremental revenue. It's not just a trade-off for your dining room guests. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you are seeing out there that restaurants are making? Is it a you know, technology perspective? Yes, I still walk in and see you know tablets non-integrated with the POS. Are they dealing with... Uh, I'm seeing a lot of, for instance, uh, food quality issues uh, from the aspect of items actually not making it into the bag or order errors, or is it processes and procedures to make it successful? I mean, what, what are you seeing out there in the place, in the marketplace that is making a restaurant successful or it's hurting their business based yeah. upon how they're operating? So we predominantly do catering delivery, like you said earlier. So I can speak on like the on that type of delivery, we don't do a ton of on-demand takeout. We, we do do some, uh, but not a ton. But what I will tell you, what's in over, you know, is a resonating reason why, you know, brands are great or, you know, they lack uh, maximizing the opportunity of delivery is operational issue. That's number one to me. You know, if you don't have the means to make food on time the right way, you know, you're going to, you're going to struggle with delivery. So a a close second would obviously be, you know, you got to make sure your tech stack and you're, you know, you're easy to do business with, 
transparency. It's got to match what these third party delivery companies are doing. Like I said, I had a discussion with, um, you know, the founder and CEO of Lunchbox not too long ago about, you know, why, why would I want to order directly from a restaurant where their, their technology is inferior, right? The experience isn't going to be the same. I can't track the order the way I would in one app. I got to make a new account compared to going on a third party delivery app, right? Making one account, I get access to all these different restaurants, one card, it's consolidated, it's easy. I have, you know, the expectations that the transparency is there. What, what reason am I, do I have to order directly from the restaurant other than, you know, not, uh, not using a third party that's going to take their piece. So that's the question brands have to ask themselves is why would someone want to order directly from you? And it can't just be about money. It can't just be about that. So I think if you're a restaurant listening out there and you want to maximize on delivery, first and foremost, operationally speaking, you got to be set up to do delivery, make the food on time, make the food correct. Um, and then, you know, a consolidation piece would be work with great partners work with great partners. If you're going to outsource something, vet that partner or vet that, you know, that vendor, make sure that they align with your brand. All right. So we've already gone down the catering side. So let's continue down that slope here. This is a challenge I constantly face with operators during when we go in for a consulting. How should an organization really define what catering is? Is catering a large order? Is catering, you know, something that feeds X amount of people? Does catering considered a certain dollar amount. And I know this, this might sound like an odd question. Restaurants have a really hard time defining on their PNL and their revenue centers, what catering really is. You, I mean, it's really, it, it really varies depending on what type of cuisine you're serving or, you know, producing, um, your business. Um, you know, you could consider a catering, you know, a box of bagels. You could consider catering a full service, buffet style $10,000 order that's, you know, like for a wedding, that's catering. So the way we define catering is it's a certain dollar amount, right? That's greater than zero. (laughs) And it's typically going to a consumer that is in a business or a location where you're feeding more than one person. So that's how we define catering. Uh, Like I said, you can have caterings that are $20, $500, $5,000. You can have but, typi- but typically, what the way we look at it is there's got to be more than one guest consuming the food for it to be a catering delivery or catering order. And sometimes that's really hard for a organization to determine. And once again, back to your point, it depends on the type of food that's being served as well. I was hoping for a magic answer there, but there is no magic answer. So I'll just have to continue down that path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're really, like I said, it's, it's different for each brand. It really is. You have to, I would look to define it yourself. Um, as a brand, like what you deem as catering, whether it comes to a specific channel, a certain order size, a certain distance, maybe it's a certain location or guest you're serving. Um, but what I can tell you is the stakes are extremely high and you got to be on time, you know, 99.9% of the time. And the food's got to be, high, you know, has to have great integrity. It's different than a regular takeout. You can't compromise, you know, food integrity with catering. So you're going to hate my next question, but I think it's important to ask. And, you know, I know there's probably lots of rhyme and reason behind uh, both sides of this discussion, but is it more profitable for a restaurant to deliver the orders themselves and make sure that the food quality is set up or the food quality is to the brand's expectations and it's set up properly to represent the brand? 
or is it better to go through a third party to do it for you? I, it, it's a mix of both. I mean, you should be doing both, you know, all the above. You should have different, first off, from a, a, a delivery fulfillment side, you know, catering is very cyclical, right? Some days you might have one order, some days you might have zero, other days you might have 10 out of a location. So having the, the, the means to deliver those orders, I mean, you can't staff 10 delivery drivers or five delivery drivers for one day a week. That's, that's, a, that's an operational nightmare. So you got to be able to flex on a third party, you know, like, like, you know, I'm not going to name our company, right. But you got to be able to flex with, with great partners that they can, they can pick up the slack when you, you know, when you can't and vice versa, if your business model, if you don't want to be in delivery, if you're not great at it, use a third party, primarily have a, you know, one person on staff that's there for a backup. But again, this goes back to vetting the partners that, or, you know, vendors you work with to make sure they see eye to eye, um, but yeah, I do think that if brands do it themselves, you know, they got to be high volume, significantly high volume. They're going to incur a lot of operational expenses doing this. Um, you know, they might have better, I'd say quality, there, there might be less comps, but overall they might turn down more orders because they don't have the means to take the deliveries. So I would say it's a mix of all the above. You should have, you should have multiple options to fulfill an order. It shouldn't just be in-house or shouldn't be just, just be third party, in my opinion. Well, that begs the question, you know, what should these restaurant organizations be doing and, or asking uh, when they're choosing a third party delivery catering, catering company? Because there's there's options out there, but what, oh, should, yeah. what are what are key areas they should be concentrating on? I think what your brand like catering is a huge branding opportunity, right? So I, just, I use an example of let's say that I owned a, you know, a fast casual Mexican place and I have incredible branding and I have a taco bar that I want to display to my guests that, you know, I'm, if I'm doing a catering, right, I might be serving five, six, 10, 15 guests that have never had my food. Right. So I want to make sure if I'm not taking the delivery that it's being executed in a way that's going to leave a lasting impression on those consumers, make sure, Hey, when they see my brand, you know, at the catering, they, they associate that with quality, you know, good food. So the partner I would choose would be maybe they're more expensive a little bit, Right. But they're going to they're going to uphold my brand promise, like setting the food up the correct way, putting out the spread neatly, you know, getting proof of delivery, talking to the consumer, looking the part, not showing up in sweatpants, you know, in a T-shirt, showing up in khakis, a polo. They have good delivery bags. So you can have if you're if you're more of a branding play, you know, you're probably going to need to pay a little bit more to have a little bit more of the white glove service. But let's talk about bagels now. Right. Bagels. You don't have to set food up. It's a box of bagels. You might be able to get by with just getting sort of the courier model, the pickup drop off or pickup, you know, and that's going to be less expensive, right? But you're not going to get that quality piece. Drivers might show up in sweatpants, right? But they're going to get your food from A to B. It'll be cost effective, but the brand might be a little compromised. So it all depends. That's why I say you need to align with who you're working with. So if you're more of a branding, if, if, if you need more of the high touch, high quality, you're going to have to pay a little bit more, but find a partner that can do that. If you're less of that and more transaction-based and you want to get just move, 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 move food, you know, again, one of the bigger three PDs or couriers can probably facilitate that. So this question isn't so much from a catering perspective. What, what emerging technologies do you see as being mainstream in a few years? Drones, self-driving vehicles, robot deliveries. What is, what does the future of delivery look like? So I don't think like, I, we are so far away from robots or 
I know they're already doing in some areas, super urban or, you know, college towns, right, where it makes sense, where you have the infrastructure in place to do robotic delivery or drone delivery. Like, I'm just thinking, like, where I live right here, okay? I'm in an older suburb of Cleveland, and if you have drone delivery here, I mean, there's phone, there's there's electrical poles, phone lines everywhere. Just imagine if the power, you know, the grid here in Cleveland goes down because a drone delivering a $20 order smacks a phone pole, you know, or smacks an electrical line. I just don't see it being very practical in the, in, I would even say the next five, maybe even 10 years, that won't be mainstream. Now, what I do see is a huge opportunity with AI. Um, and those who, <laughs> I've, I've dabbled a little bit with AI already, but what I, what I can tell you is that the, that the opportunities are limitless from a optimization standpoint, um, consumer trends. I mean, there's a lot you can do with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely say AI is way more, you know, relevant than robotics doing deliveries in any capacity or self-driving cars. Interesting. Um, I, I always hear mixed comments on that. So that's a, that's a great perspective. Aaron, what are some of your final thoughts on the future of catering and even more broad, the future of delivery as a whole? Well, I'll just, I'll talk about delivery first and I mean, delivery to me, it's really like, it's a, it's my entire professional career is I've spent, you know, I've spent time analyzing, doing delivery. I've done thousands of deliveries. Right. And what I can tell you is it's not going anywhere. Delivery, it, you know, it's not going anywhere. So um, the gig economy is not going anywhere. This whole idea of like this third classification of worker will exist here very shortly. I don't know when, but you know, you're going to have employment employees, independent contractors, and there will be this, this third gig economy employee that will happen without a doubt. Um, but switching out of catering, um, if you're a restaurant out there and you have the means to make food and you have a great brand, um, you should be doing catering catering. You can pay for your overhead before your doors even open. It's a branding opportunity. It's a way to feed consumers that have never even had your food. Um, I view catering as a pivotal piece of any restaurant, regardless if you're full service, QSR, you know, it does not matter. You should be in some capacity fulfilling catering orders. Aaron, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we'll be seeing each other in a couple of days at the NRA show in Chicago. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I know, man. Same. I'm, I'm really a- excited for for all the giveaways. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a massive show. Um, I always laugh cause I go to a lot, a lot of regional food shows and the regional ones. I always say that I always tell my wife that you can, you can starve at one of these food shows cause they can give you just a little bite and a little piece, yeah. but there's some, actually some pretty good food that you can fill yourself up on at, uh, at the NRA show, but it's such a massive show. I love that show and they have actually a pretty decent tech pavilion. So it will be fun to explore, to see what's new out there. Uh, talk to some old friends, meet some new friends and obviously meet up with you and just say hello. So once again, safe travels up to Chicago. It's not a very far trip for you from, from Ohio, but uh, I look forward to seeing you there. And once again, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to the audience here on The Tech Chef. Sounds great, Skip, and thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. I'll see you in a, a couple of days. Very, very useful information as you start to look at how to make your delivery and catering revenue centers more profitable. Thank you, Aaron, for all the great insight. Oh, and by the way, Alan Hickey, I hear Aaron is a better golfer than you. Just saying. If you would like to reach out to me or the show, 
You can do so via Everything Social at Skip Kimple or Everything at Constrata. This includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can always go to the website skipkimple.com for all of the archive shows, and you can hear all these new episodes on the Constrata website at constrata.io. And of course, you can email me at skip.kimple at constrata.io. Next week, I have Nabil from Lunchbox joining us to talk all about the new AI food generator application they developed, and we go pretty deep into AI in general. Nabil is a well-known industry expert that people look up to, and it was a privilege to have him join me. Certainly an episode you do not want to miss. There have been so many conferences lately, and it has been great catching up with most of you. Now, there are many more shows yet this year, so if we have not met up yet, make sure you stop me and say hello. Okay, I have to run to the airport to catch a flight, so until next Tuesday, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. Bye.